So we mentioned yesterday about how the Rebbe Marash, when he was younger, started hearing stories from his uh, great uncle, and how the Rebbe told him to also listen to stories from Elter Chassidim. And from then on, Shmuel, which we'll call him until he gets a little bit older, made every effort to pay uh, frequent visits to Reb Chaim Avram, as well as to his uncle, the Mittler Rebbe's, um, sorry, the Mittler Rebbe's uh, son, Reb Menachem Nochum. And they would tell him stories that they witnessed personally or they heard from reliable Hasidim. And he soon noticed that whenever Elter Hasidim would visit his uncles, they would discuss stories of previous Rebbeim and, and their Hasidim among themselves. So what would he do? He would time his visits to take place while he knew that there were other Hasidim going to be by his uncle. And the Elter Hasidim didn't mind if he was there. In fact, he, uh, they, he became very friendly with many of them. And the close feeling between him and the Elter Hasidim are shown by the following story, which took place when he was eight and a half. Yudtes Kislev, 1842. So it's the 44th anniversary of the Alter Rebbe's release from prison. So there was, they were in Lubavitch, a lot of snow on the ground, and the Chassidim had cleared a path from the Tzemach Tzedek's house to the shul in the courtyard where the uh, celebrations were taking place. The Marash passed by and he heard the sound of singing and he realized that they already started the celebrations so he makes his way to the shul and he comes into the shul, very well lit and what does he see? His two uncles Reb Chaim Avram and Reb Menachem Nochem so remember Reb Chaim Avram is his great uncle Reb Menachem Nochem is his uncle they were dancing there with three three Eltere Hasidim and they were surrounded by the Maharash's older brothers their sons and all of the Hasidim who were watching them and clapping to these five people in the middle. The occasion had a very special meaning because they were some of the few people, Hasidim, left alive that were there in, like, like by uh, uh, Liadi, at the time of the Alter Rebbe's release from prison. And the joy on their faces as they relived the whole story. It's like imagine hearing from someone, so let, let's look closer to our times, who was with the Friedrich Rebbe when he was released from prison. That would be a lot different than reading it in a book, right? These five people were there. And the feeling of close uh, bond, the connection between himself and his uncles and the Elter Hasidim. So he runs straight into the inner circle and um, he holds onto the gartel of one of the three Hasidim and he starts joining them in their dance. After dancing for 15 minutes, his feet started to hurt and he was forced to stop and rest. The Tzemach Tzedek was pleased that he was spending his time with Elter Hasidim and listening to their stories. And when he was around 10 years old, he told him, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avais, Kenei Lecha Chaver. Literally, that means to acquire, to buy a friend for yourself. And he said, my grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, explained to me that the word Kenei can also be read as Kana, a quill. So according to this explanation, the Mishnah is teaching us that 
you should take a pen as your friend. And when the, when the Rebbe Marash heard this, so he started to write down all his discussions and stories that he heard from his uncles and Elter Chassidim. Um, and the Marash had a huge collection of stories. 22 notebooks of stories that he got from Reb Chaim Avram. 22 notebooks, full notebooks. 10 notebooks of stories from Elter Chassidim. Six notebooks of stories that he heard from his father. And tragically, every one of them was burnt in one of the fires that devastated Lubavitch. Yeah, this one was in, in 1857. They were all destroyed. Yep. So, um, after Pesach of 1843, so what was happening right after in 1843, right after Pesach? Anyone remember? What? In 1843. The conference, right? So he knew he knew he was leaving Lubavitch to go to Petersburg. So he instructed all his sons to say to Hillim every day to you know arouse Hashem's rachamim. On the first day of Elul, shortly after returning from the conference, the Rebbe, the Tzemach told the Marash as follows: he "says Now you're nine years old. Now, now, now that you are nine years old, I will tell you what my grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, told me." When I was the same age as you, the Baal Shem Tov instituted that starting from the first day of Elul, one should say three kapitalach of Tehillim every day until you finish the whole Sefer on Yom Kippur. Each Rebbe would begin giving over special guidance to the one who would eventually succeed him as Rebbe. And when he became nine years old, right? This is what's called Hadracha Pnimis. You get like private instructions because, you're, because they know you're going to be the next Rebbe. And this is the first time that we're aware that the Tzemach Tzedek gave over a Hadracha Pnimis to his son. The Tzemach Tzedek would instruct his sons and grandsons to learn Tanakh, Mishnais by heart, and he would test them once in a while and reward them with money. The Marash received this instruction as well. And uh, he was very good at it. And soon he got a large amount of money that he, that he managed to acquire for someone his age, obviously. And not wanting to lose the money, so he lets his father hold on to it for him. And he, he what did he say? What am I gonna do with the money? Svarim, of course. He would buy Svarim from Reb Noyach Baruch, who was the, the Svarim dealer. He would visit Lubavitch twice a year to sell Svarim. So every time he showed up, he would ask his father for money for Svarim. In Elul of 1845, when the Marash was 11, so Reb Noyach Baruch arrives in Lubavitch with boxes of Svarim for sale. And young Shmuel goes up to his father and he asked him for 30 rubles from the, from the money that he's keeping for him. So his father asked him, why do you need such a large amount of money? He says, well, Reb Noyach Baruch has brought Svarim I don't yet own that I want to buy. So his father tells him, first know the Svarim you do own, you own already, and then you could acquire other Svarim and, and uh, you, can know, you know those Svarim too. So that <coughs> at that moment, Chaim Ber, 
spoke about him a few times in the Tzemach Sadek book. So he was the Tzemach Sadek's Gabbai. He comes into the room and he lets the Rebbe know that all oh, the Svarim you requested from Reb Noyach Baruch were put in the new bookcase in, in the outside room over there. And the Marash looks around his father's room and he sees it's covered wall to wall with bookcases, Svarim, 11 bookcases, which even today that's a lot. Could you imagine how much that was then? 11 bookcases as far as today, that's a lot of Svarim. Most people don't have 11 bookcases. I do, but most people don't, right? Um, but back then, to buy a safer was way more expensive than it is today. So to say, I'll give you another example. What costs more, English Svarim or Lashon HaKadosh Svarim? English. English is way more expensive. So a guy says, I have five bookcases of English Svarim. That means he spent a lot more money than the guy who has five bookcases of Lashon HaKadosh. So back then, a shas would cost in today's money five times what it costs today. So to say you have that many, he so, so his son asks him, he says, you know, you know Tati, you're, you're buying new Svarim. Do you know all these Svarim over here from these 11 bookcases? So he says, does the Zemachsadik answer him? In general, I'm very knowledgeable in most of these Svarim. He said most. He, that's called being an unof, right? Obviously, he knew all the Svarim. So he says, if you want, choose any safer, and, and you'll see if I'm correct. And the Marash walks up to one of the bookcases, and he picks up a safer at random, a random safer. And the Tzemach said, he looks at the safer, his son was holding, and he said, this safer is called Sefer HaMaslul. And it discusses Tiktuk. And it's organized in a very nice fashion. And he starts, and then the Tzemach Sadek starts quoting word for word from the Sefer, from the introduction of the Sefer. As well as the, the Marash turned to different pages and his father just like, like saying it Baal Right, that's usually not a Sefer. If it was Gemara, you would think, oh, he knows Gemara Baal This is such a random Sefer to know by heart. Like, anyways, the Marash returned the Sefer to its place and he pulls out four more Svarim. So there was Mesaitis uh, HaMesaitis, another Sefer on Diktuk. Mesilas Chachma, that's on Kabbalah. Mesilas Yesharim. And Maisais Rebbe Binyamin, which is a very, actually, very uh, a funky type of Sefer. It was, there was a guy by the name of Rebbe Binyamin of Tudela. He traveled around the world. He lived over 600 years before the Tzemach Tzedek. And he wrote about Yidin he met in China, and like all these places where, like, Yidin in Russia. Or, or let's say in, in Germany or France, wherever they were living at the time, whoever thought that there were Jews living in China or India, and he goes and he mamas travels the world and he wrote about all these things in his safer. They say today a lot of it's like probably made up, but whatever. It's it's a, I read parts of it, but never I never saw it like I, I never owned it. So, anyways, moving on. So in the end, and each safer he was able to quote word for word from from the safer. So in the end, the tzemach said they gave him thirty rubles that he asked for, and then he gave him. 10 additional rubles from his own, meaning extra bonus to get more svarim, whichever svarim he wanted. Um, so the, the, the extra attention and time that the Tzemach Tzedek gave to his youngest son, it wasn't only to provide him with exceptional guidance. There's other things to it as well. As we're going to see from the following story, sometimes the Tzemach Tzedek told him things that he had on his mind Something that he didn't do to anyone else, including his older sons. So, we're going to see later on 
the Marash would spend like quality time with his father every single day. So one day when the Marash was 12 or 13 years old, he wasn't, uh, he had not yet had the opportunity to speak with his father that day. And he waited until the house was quiet, but that day it took a lot longer than usual. And because that night was one of the nights dedicated for Yechidus. And um, officially only two hours were designed for this purpose, but that day many people came to speak to the Rebbe and uh, Yechidus went on for a lot longer than two hours. After everyone left the house, including the Rebbe's Shamish, uh, the Gabbai, so the Marash comes into his father's room and the Tzemach Sedek tells over to his son in like a sad way that accepting people for Yechidus and taking care of the needs of all the Hasidim was taking up so much of his time. And he told his son, what did the Hasidim want from me? Don't they realize how much time it takes me to see and talk to each individual? If I wouldn't spend so much time on this, I could do so many, so many more hours of learning and writing. So instead of answering directly, the Marash walks over to the bookcases that was designated special for his father's original manuscripts. And, and he started counting his father's notebooks of uh, manuscripts. Um, the ones that his father already reviewed by topic, that were all, it was like bound together, a bunch of papers together. More than 30 notebooks. Then there were other loose papers and things like that. So turning to his father, he said, you know, Tati, if you wouldn't be involved with the Hasidim, all these years, helping them, would you have been able to write all this? Basically, he was trying to say that the only reason you're able to write so much is because you're spending so much time with the Hasidim. And the Tzemach Sadek says, you're right. And, and, he didn't co- and the Tzemach Sadek didn't complain anymore about the time it takes uh, that the Yechidus was taking away from his learning. So we're going to begin about the Bar Mitzvah. We're not going to finish it today, but uh, the Bar Mitzvah of the Rebbe Marash. So when he turned 11, his father told him in the privacy of his room, certain, certain individuals, he said, start putting on tefillin, when they turn 11, without a bracha, and eventually they start saying it with a bracha. However, they have to be very careful to make sure that nobody realizes what they're doing. And the Tzemach Sedek then presented his son with a new pair of tefillin. And the Marash understood that his father was, he didn't, father didn't tell him to do it. The father just says, here's a pair of tefillin, I just want to let you know, some people start putting on tefillin earlier, but no one knows about it, to make sure no one knows. The father didn't tell him to do it, but he understood from his father that his father wants him to start putting it on in secret. So around that time, the Tzemach Sadek informed the Marash that he could now attend his Fabrengans and he could listen to my Marim as well. Um, one day, shortly after permission was given, the Marash approached his father and he asked him for a mimer to write down. So the Tzemach Sadek said, why do you want to copy a mimer? So his son said, listen, my mind is very tired from learning. I have to take a break from studying. So I might as well write. Meaning I'll copy down a mimer because it doesn't take brains to copy down a mimer, right? You just copy whatever word's there. And the Tzemach Sadek answered by saying a story that happened uh, when he was a young child. He said, once my grandfather, the Alta Rebbe, instructed me to learn something and a short time later, he leaks out the window, he sees me playing with friends. Right, the story with the, with the Mithil Rebbe when they were thinking to get, take him as a shidduch for Chaim Ushka, Rebbe Chaim Ushka. He said, I already finished. And um, he says, my, my Zaidi took his walking stick and tapped me gently on the shoulder ten times saying, here's for love, here's for fear, for love of Hashem, fear of Hashem. And since then I never got tired of learning. Basically, 
the Tzemach Tzedek was trying to, he was basically giving his son a tap with, with his walking stick. He, I'm sorry, he also, the, the Tzemach Tzedek took his walking stick and he started tapping it. This is for love of Hashem, this is for fear of Hashem. And uh, we will continue tomorrow. Bless Hashem. <laughs>